The Open Book on cliffcentral.com. Yes, yes, it is the 21st of uh, April 2016 today. Um, it is also the 111th day of the year. Can you believe it? 111 days and I feel like I've hardly done anything. Remember those, uh, those things that you had put down that you're going to do this year, um, that you still haven't done? Well, we're already probably like, like a third um, into the year. Um, but thank God that, you know, the same God that we serve is the, is the God of yesterday, the God of today and the God of tomorrow. So you definitely still have a chance to fulfill those things that you wanted to fulfill. Um, so some of the things that happened on this day, 21st of April, uh, in history, uh, Rome was founded. It wasn't built. Uh, on that day, because we know that Rome took way more than one day to build such a stupid thing to say, but I'll say it anyway. But at least it was founded, you know, like they found the land and uh, they made that mark that right here, we are going to build Rome. Well, on that note, uh, a warm welcome to you all to the open book with myself, Luis Obala. I'm really excited about today's topic, just by the way, really, really excited because it's been the topic that I've been wanting to tackle for a really, really, really long time. And uh, it concerns the first Children of the church You know like apparently these days You have the first lady who's the pastor's wife Well these ones they are called the first children The PKs as we know them um, Otherwise it translates to pastor's kids um, Or even more famous the preacher's kid I, I, I like the pastor I, I like the pastor's kid It just makes it sound so much nicer Now um, there are of course a lot of stereotypes About PKs that we hope to break today um, And how we've done this is that We've actually brought some actual PKs Into the studio Studio. But it has to be said that some of these stereotypes may be true. We know that stereotypes are not always true, but they may be true. And uh, and why not? Because these people are just like us. Um, but obviously, they are not all the same. In the same way that there's some stereotypes that they have about, and I'm going to be honest, because the open book, like about about black people and some stereotypes about white people. And the thing is, as soon as you find someone who fits that stereotype, you're like, you see. You see, I told you. But the thing is, there are so many black people, there are so many white people, they are not all the same, that for your stereotypes, you'll find someone who's probably got that thing that you're talking about. But there are some similarities, though. There are some similarities, something that all these guys, all these PKs, these preachers' kids probably share. And, um, and, and, that is, and that is the fact that, you know, being a PK sets you up for some expectations, and I hope that today we can actually speak about that. I mean, think about it. Every Sunday morning, you're like on a stage and sometimes literally, but every Sunday morning and probably throughout the week, you're like on a stage with members of the congregation going through a mental checklist of how you do or you don't fit in within the preconceived notions of what the son or daughter of a preacher's man ought to be like. Um, that's what it is. But then uh, there's also there's also there's no blueprint of what a PK should be like or become like I was saying earlier on. But some of them go on yes they all go on to become uh, pastors themselves, um, whilst others run from the ministry as fast and as far as possible. But it, and so today we probably have both these types here in studio. Um, Sia. Is Sia right there? Sia Sangwene. Oh, there he is. Um, he is, he's, he's known as the president of the Cliff Central Youth League. Uh, he was crowned just the other day. Uh, he's also the personal assistant to Gareth and, uh, and Rene, who are the, who are the co-founders of, uh, of Cliff Central. And, um, just the other day, actually a few months ago, I saw that he's also a reality TV star, um, of the show Preacher's Kid. Um, Sia, good to have you in studio with us in the open book today. 
<laughs> can't can't hear Sia. He's like he's like in the other room. Sia, are you there? Now we good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Here we're good. We go. Now we're good. You see, Sia's just finishing up some work before we're it comes to just Didia. Yeah. He's multitasking over there. Um, Sia, so, so, so your name is Sia Sangwenifen. Why the double barrel? Ish, I'm not married, nor have I been divorced. It's just my grandparents actually never got married. So I'm a product of carrying both of those surnames. It's oh, confusing okay. as ever, I know. Okay. <laughs> so you took to take your grand, I mean, like, um, so, so it's your parents and then obviously your grand. My dad's parents' surnames, yes. Okay. Yeah. And they were Finn? Yeah, you know, it's confusing, ne? Black people? <laughs> Black people? No, no, Finn? no. Uh, gr- father's father's Finn, so he was colored, and then father's mother was sanguine. Ah, that explains that. What does that con- explain? That explains that. That explains <laughs> the yellow bone in here. I know that our other guest doesn't like being called that. <laughs> <laughs> she is simpuing him. Hello. <laughs> How about we just call you like caramel or uh, or fudge? Uh, fudge looking. We're not going to call you Yerobo. Okay, maybe caramel because I love caramel. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so Simpiwang, she's a television and stage actress who holds a diploma in journalism. Um, I don't know if she, how much she likes this, but she's also known um, for a former role on, on Mubango as Tuli. Yeah. Uh, do people still refer that? Are they like, how, aren't you the girl who was on Mubango? And I mean, like, how does that make no, you feel? No, they, they think I'm going to come back. <laughs> they think <laughs> you're going to come back? Yeah. Well, it they happens. Always, they always ask me that question. When are you coming back? <laughs> and I'm like, I am not. And what do you say? But who knows? You know what I mean? Like, I've been seeing like with generations now and, uh, and people have been coming back like from the dead, bro. I mean, like, you know, when these guys were fighting with the producer, the producer says, I'm going to kill them and I'm going to have a funeral. That's so on screen That's So that so they never live. come back. Drama. You, you know? gotta add some drama. You know what I mean? So who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll see you back in there. But what are you busy with right now? Um, I'm currently shooting Isigo. It's, um, a cultural show. We basically document all the cultures in South Africa and I travel all around South Africa learning about their food, um, what, they were and their leadership, basically. Okay. Yeah. No, awesome stuff. And uh, hopefully in the near future, we'll see you coming back. <laughs> <laughs> to move <Well>. on. <laughs> and, and my last guest, uh, my third guest on the show, um, he's, he, he's a friend. He's kind of like, kind of like become a friend of the open book because you've been here once. Yeah. That's I... why I call you that. So his name is, uh, is David, David Mutenji, uh, who's a youth and worship. He's a youth, youth, youth leader and, and also worship leader. Um, at, uh, at Rayma. He actually just got married to Gina, mm. to Gina McCauley about five months ago. They were here in studio with us. We're speaking about dating. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Because you guys are probably, you guys, because you guys are, uh, uh, dated longer than you, you have been married. So yes, I thought, yeah. let's not speak sure. about marriage. We'll get you back in like 10 years time. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Okay. And now today we're going to speak about, uh, about the preacher's kids. Okay. Mm. But I want to play a song first and we'll come back to it. But David, but I've got to ask you this question. Yes. Both you and your wife, Gina, are in ministry. Yes. And uh, truth be told, it's not like any of us are going to become pastors. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But you guys are closer to it than before. <laughs> so I want to ask you this question. I mean, like, doesn't it? Doesn't it freak you out that your kids are also going to be PKs as well? A little bit. A little uh, bit. Uh, a little bit. And uh, I'll tell you why. It's because I was probably not the, the greatest PK kid. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm slightly worried, but I'm also slightly excited because uh, 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do things a little bit differently. A little bit differently. A little bit differently. And that's what and that's probably what your father said. Shots oh. <laughs> <laughs> <was> fired. <laughs> anyway, we'll speak. We'll speak. We'll speak about that afterwards. Uh, but yeah, our topic today is being a preacher's kid, and we've yeah. got them in studio. Uh, so we'll be chatting to them about it right after this. The Open Book on cliffcentral.com Today we're talking, uh, the, the subject is the preacher's kid. Uh, something that's a bit of a, of a, of a phenomenon, uh, to those of us who didn't grow up, you know, like with families where, I mean, like it's one thing to grow up in a Christian family, but it's another thing when your dad is a, uh, is a pastor or your mom, um, is a pastor because that, that also happens, you know, these days or a preacher. In that sense, is that kind of like I mean, is that kind of like the same thing, a preacher and and a pastor? Because yeah, 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 it is. I think uh, so. See, I kind of thinks differently. See, no, I'm I'm just the one. My father likes to specify that he's a reverend. You know, when you go <laughs> and you study theology, that ain't nothing small. So he's a reverend. Oh, That's so a he's a reverend. <laughs> yes, but I know of people. But I know of people though who've been ordained. Uh, to be pastors and, and they've also got the reverend name mm-hmm. to it. But I know the reverend just makes it sound more Something like I'm going to wear my mm. color. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's written rev. Yeah. Um, yeah. So guys, yeah. So tell us about, I mean, like tell us about, um, let me start with the lady, uh, with Simpiwe. Um, what, what denomination do you, uh, is, were your parents, uh, pastors off? Was it both your parents or was it just the one? Um, it's both my parents. Um, we come from a church called Christ's Lord Christian Fellowship. And, um, it started in 2001, I think. Yeah. Okay. Around that time. Yeah. So that's when you started experiencing being a pastor's. Um, a way before kid. that, actually, because my dad was a preacher, but not a specific pastor of a church. Yeah. You know, and, um, when the church started, then, Obviously things took a turn, but we've always been judged because you are a preacher's kid. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter that your, your dad is just a preacher, but mm-hmm. is not, does not come from a certain church. Like he's not the main pastor of a certain church. When your dad is a preacher, your mom is a preacher. There's always going to be judgment. And it should probably kind of be the same, you know, like with, um, with, with worship leaders because those guys are kind of, you yeah. know, they're quite big in the church yeah. now as well. Or, or anybody else that people see, yeah. like, like on the platform, as they, as they call it. Yeah, David? definitely. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, on my side, um, both my parents are also, uh, pastors. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And my mom got recently ordained, but, uh, when I was growing up, my dad was, um, was a preacher, pastor. And so, yeah, uh, we, we come from a very charismatic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously praise and worship. No one's sitting down. Everyone's hallelujah. Amen. You know, and, um, and yeah, look, it's, it's, it's different, uh, Growing up as a pastor's kid or, or in any ministry where, where you're seen, where your parents are seen because automatically an expectation is placed on you and a lot of choices mm-hmm. are made for you. And, yeah. and, and you kind of grow up thinking, I never made this decision, but, uh, you, you, you soon realize that, uh, your parents made the decision for you and then you just kind of have to just kind of go with it. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because, um, with my father, um, when he did become a preacher, he, he, he said to us, he set us down and said, listen, um, I'm, this is my calling. Yeah. It's not yours. And it's important. It's important. Yeah. It's, it's my calling. Um, it, 
I am choosing to be a pastor. I am not saying that you should also follow my path because it's my path. Amen. And um you have to make a choice. If you don't want to come to church, then don't. But it has you oh. have to have a relationship. Oh, oh my parents. With God. Oh, wow. oh hold on, hold on. Oh wow. My parents my parents were not even pastors but we had to go to church i mean like, that is like but you know that's that's how we were raised with it's my like, sisters yeah, listen, that's how we were raised my path is to take you to school if you don't choose not to go to school ah <laughs> uh, no not yes. up until you're 18 and, and that's that's exactly what my dad said and we were young he was like if you want to go to school go if you don't want to don't because at the end of the day it's your life and you grow up with um that thing of 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 responsibility and knowing that look I have a choice and I always have to choose what yeah. is right for me. But I guess also, you know, like when you get the choice, somehow then, um, you start, it, it you start like, doing the right choice. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you it's know, like it's when like, you give someone grace, it's like, it's like you have a problem. You can either give the law or you can, or you can, you know, be graceful about it. And somehow people always choose the right thing if they see that you're exactly. acting out of love. Yeah. So yeah, um, for you over there, uh, what church? Oh yeah. So I, I totally relate to a lot of Simpiwe's story as well, actually. Um, well, I've, I've grown up just yeah. in the church forever and ever. Amen. Um, the Methodist church, my father's always been a reverend. I think this year he's actually celebrating 32 years yep. uh, as a reverend, if I'm not mistaken. But once again, you know, I, given that I'm the youngest as well, I have three older sisters and we've, always had that understanding within our family of this is your own individual journey and so whatever you feel and whatever you believe is exactly that but with that said it is my parents household and they are christians and believers and so yeah. there is that element of respect so for example i'm not about to now if i was a devil worshiper have a little exorcism in the house because <laughs> it ain't my house you know i respect that yeah. um, but I, I love that we have that sense of respect between my parents and i Guys, did you ever feel like, I mean, like, uh, growing up, did you ever feel like you live in a glass house? Like everybody, like everyone is literally looking at you and, and how did that impact you as kids? Yes, mm. definitely. You feel like you're living under a microscope because, um, you can't be like other kids. You can't be as naughty as other kids. You can't, um, be, a teenager, like a normal teenager, because everyone is watching your every move. And it's, 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 but very were they difficult. really, or were you feeling like they were? No, I they think were. That's also the question. Literally, they were. If somebody saw me walking with a boy and I was 13, <laughs> I would hear from it. Like, I, I would hear about it from my mom. And, and I'm like, when did that and person even, even get the time to go to my mom? Wow. And that's my cousin. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> From Cape Town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you literally feel like you're living under a microscope because you can't do anything without anybody saying something about it. Yeah, and that yeah. must be tough, eh? It is. And yeah. for you, and for you, David? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I agree because also uh, your parents also now let you know that hey, look. Uh, People are looking to me as yes. as the example, and you're my you're you're, you're my child, and so yeah. uh, if if people are gonna look at you, they're kind of gonna see me as well, and so if if there's a high responsibility on me, then sorry, but there's gonna be a high responsibility on you, mm-hmm. and so I totally agree. Like it's 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 almost like you you always have to think beyond. Yourself exactly. as a preacher's kid, you're almost like you're sitting there and and you let's say you're just at a party and uh, there's like just glasses of 
alcohol flowing and you, you're kind of looking and at the same time, you're looking at the glasses, but you're also kind of scouting the room like, okay, now does that person come to my dad's church? Does that person come to my but dad's isn't church? But isn't that wow. just the funniest thing, though? I mean, like, and I'm talking to people out there, like, like myself, are not, we know who are not preachers' kids. Isn't that funny that you'd be sitting in the room drinking with somebody else and it's, you'd be the one who'd actually judge the other person as if, you know, oh, their yeah. moral ground needs to be oh, higher yeah. than yours. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, isn't that just, I mean, like that's quite that's quite amazing. The fact that when I mean, you have to scout a room, oh, so you do drink, David? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? Oh, so just God, an example. God turned water into wine. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> so hey, but Jesus drank. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, you know, yeah. Like I totally agree with what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Is that is that you almost have to like now think bigger, and, and yeah. so now you're you're judging other people. For judging you And you trying not to judge And so It's like this whole massive cycle Especially when you're younger Is that You're so You're so unsure Of like What you are allowed To do yeah. and, and, and how far To push the boundaries mm. And so as a As a preacher's kid You're kind of sitting there And you're going Oh my word Can I Can't I Will I Will my parents find out That's the worst thing I think I don't know about you, you You're always Representing your parents yeah. Unfortunately <laughs> Wherever yeah. you go Whether It's at school Or um, At home It's almost as though You are just A pastor yourself Because yeah. Everything you do Everything No matter how small it is Um like for example with my sister she was a a, a teen mom you know and there are a lot of mm-hmm. kids before her that were teenage moms mm-hmm. but the way she was judged was different mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um parents from church would be like we don't want our our, our, our kids hanging around her like it's contagious and then or it's something. like and then it's like and why it's don't like, you know and and, and, I, and you are looking at this woman and you're like but your child has three kids already yeah. Out of wedlock. Yeah. You know, and my sister only has one child and you're still judging as though, I don't know, she needs to be crucified for it or something because she's a pastor's kid. So it, it is very difficult. It, it's hard. Sure. Yeah. And you know, do you know how I guess you guys would just know those people? Um, those are those ones, like every time they see you, they're always smiling. Yeah. <laughs> they always give you that fake smile yeah. and you just know it's like, no, 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 man. You know? Yeah. And, um, and I mean, like what you're saying right now, that's crazy because, and then they'll be like, yeah, why don't you know? Uh, why don't you kick them out of the church? You, you know, know what I mean. Which means that actually, you, you know, the Bible says that um, um, the, the Bible teaches that that you know the 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 w- when God says that the battle is not yours, but that the battle is the Lord's. Mm. Because at the end of the day, right, when the devil attacks you, it's not you trying to attack; exactly. it's God that is trying to exactly. attack. You know what I mean? So I think also, you know, as a preacher's kid, you need to know that a lot of the times when these attacks come upon you, it's not so much to you, but it's because of a, of a vendetta that someone has mm. with your family. Yeah. And no matter how good you would be, no matter how good your family would be to them, they would, you know, they would still try and find ways because to them it's like I'm going to spend my life trying to bring these people down and usually the closest people are usually those type of guys mm. you know I don't know I've never been a preacher's kid but but you know yeah, but, but I can see <laughs> of it you know yeah. uh, my heaven no my heavenly father being uh the ruler of the, <laughs> yeah. the universe. Yeah. That's good bro <laughs> yeah. so good and now the text sort of coming to me now I mean um see I think Sia wants to wants to say something I don't know. For me, my dose of unconvention is the fact that my parents literally put the fear of God in me. 
Mm. So it's not the fact that like, oh no, we'll see you and we'll judge you and you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. It's literally, ultimately, what does your creator, what does your believer think about what you're going to do? That's awesome. So that I think is true. That is, you know, the foundations of a true connection, ultimately, with whatever you believe in at the end of the day. When it's not about what... Whether you care about what anti-swerry with the big heads will be coming in on Sunday things, but it's rather ultimately what feels good for your soul. Mm. Mm. Also, I mean, like listening to you guys, it's, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the story of, uh, or at least what he said, you know, like of like Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five, and uh, and and growing up because that's what happens, mm. you know, mm. you sort of like yeah. teen stars. Uh, without even being on TV, you know what I mean? Because you're so big within your community. Um, and, and how did that, I mean, how did that affect your, um, how did that affect you guys, you know, you as, to just be regular kids? Um, for me, I think it was, um, God wanted it to be that way. Okay. In my life, because I felt, I, I feel like he, he was preparing me for the industry that I'm in. You okay, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which is obviously um, the entertainment industry. Exactly. Yeah. So when people would say things about me on Twitter and Instagram and it, it would be like, how about you hit harder? Because I've heard worse yeah. as a preacher's kid. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely have a thick skin and, um, I'm used to being judged. So it's not, it's nothing new. So for me, it helped me in that sense that it, it kind of prepared me for, for the industry that I'm in. Yeah. You and know? you, David, do you feel like it dropped you of your, of your, of your childhood? Um, I don't know. Hey, for me, I think, uh, we need to realize that as, as, as hard as it is, there's, there's also a lot of benefits to being a, um, a preacher's kid. Um, I think, especially when it comes to like the whole, you know, how you view God and, and you, you get a firsthand experience of it, you know, and so, and for, for, I think my, my relationship and my foundations in God grew so much because I was exposed to it my whole life from a young age, you know, and so that's definitely a, a positive is that my relationship with God is, you know, has been so strong because of the fact that I could see the evidence in my parents' life, you know? Mm, and, mm. and, um, I think that that's definitely like a massive positive about being and growing up in a church, you know, with, with, with parents who are preachers and stuff like that. And I think in terms of like robbing of your childhood, I don't necessarily look at it that way. I think it gives you a greater sense of responsibility. Yeah. And so you, you learn very fast that, you know what? I'm in control of, of, of my actions and, and as much as I want to kind of deflect and go, well, I want to be young and I want to do this. It makes you think, why am I actually doing the things I'm doing? Is it because, yeah. is, is it because I don't want my parents to find out or is it because, um, I, I understand that, you know, maybe this isn't really for me or, and so you, need, you become very introspective and, and, and you build your own foundations and you, and you build your own character. And mm. so it's like a lot of touch and go and you learn these things as you're going along. And so at the beginning, it feels like, man, why don't you want to let me live? And I'm not my, I'm not my father. You can't see me when you see me. But then eventually you learn like, Hey, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Cause it's almost like you, you, you've got that responsibility. Mm. And so. You I guess in a way, like, you know, it that. forces you to limit yes. the things that you do, you know? Yeah. You know, and at the same time, it also makes you want to do things that, because you're like, I also want to try it. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, like, and so it's, it's that whole balance, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's really just about 
having that proper relationship with your parents to be open and honest with mm-hmm. them. And, and, you know, I've been hearing, you know, Simpia and Sia and, and they've been saying, you know, their, their parents have always been, you know, very open and open-minded and, hey, let's talk about things. And I think if you're a preacher's kid and, and, and that's what you have with your parents, it really allows you to just kind of go and be like, mom, I want to try drinking. And then you can sort that out there rather than like trying to, because when I was growing up, what I tried to do was to um, to give my parents a visual of what they wanted in front of them, yeah, and then yeah. behind them yeah. try and be what I think I wanted to be. You know what I mean? And you know what? And 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 uh, and that's why I mean what Sia said earlier on for the fact that the parents instilled the fear of God in mm. him is probably the best mm. thing. Yeah, definitely. because then because then all of a sudden it won't be just about just about your parents. Yeah, but it'll actually be about. Your heavenly father yeah. Who sees it You know Who sees it all yeah. And I guess also in that way That kind of teaches you that You, uh, you, you There's not your father And then there's God and because, because God doesn't have any grandchildren mm. But mm. that the same person <laughs> That your parents are accountable to Is the very yes. same person That you yes. are accountable yes. to yes. Yeah, definitely. And I think that just You know like There's just more freedom um, In that uh, yeah. So, I mean, like for you, Sia, right? Knowing that the congregation looks at you differently because you weren't as mature back then as you are, as you are now. Um, did that affect your, um, the way that you grew up and the things that you thought about back then? I think a blessing in disguise was having my older siblings because uh, even though I was not seeing things the way they did, but they were offering that sort of advice. Um, and so that I was able to gain insight. And I really can't say that I was ever affected by feeling the pressures or trying to be X, Y, and Z and not A, B, C. So for me, I was just living my life. If I felt like going to church I, because there was nice biscuits after the service, I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Spirit was calling me to go to church, I would. But if I didn't, I didn't. And okay. yeah, I literally lived just my life the way I did. Yeah. I guess I mean like there's no perfect balance to this. Yeah, yeah, look, you know, because every child is just born different. Exactly, you know, mm-hmm. and and I was gonna say that it's almost like you know a lot of people think that all these pressures are only always on preachers' kids, but for example, let's take Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's kid. We all yeah. have expectations, yeah. like we we expect them to be swagged out from the moment <laughs> they step out of of their house. We expect them to to you know to be a music producer or they. It has to be good looking or be in fashion. And so, you know, and like, and a lot of people go like, well, that's different. No, because for preacher's kid, it's, it's kind of the same thing the same because, because yeah. your dad is, you know, a pastor. People expect you mm-hmm. to dress a certain way. Like, no, you, you your pants can't be hanging so yeah. low mm-hmm. or, uh, they expect you to look a certain way. And so it's, it's all about identifying who you are amidst all of those responsibilities and pressures, just like how Kimye's kid is gonna have to figure out who who she is, you know, mm. amidst all of those things. And so, growing up, you're gonna make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Any teenager makes mistakes. Mm. And and I think where preachers' kids kind of fall a little bit is that they think that their mistakes are bigger than everyone else's mistakes because everyone else is looking at their mistakes. If that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of oh, like okay, when Justin cool. Bieber crashed his car. Everyone was like, Oh, he crashed his car. Uh, a lot of people have crashed their cars, so it's not, you know what I mean? But the worst thing would be for him, to, for him, well, I mean, you know, if, if it was not his fault, but like would be for him to really feel yeah. bad about it yeah. and all the time. But yeah. I mean, also, you know what, guys? I think like a lot of times with you think that people care. 
Mm. But actually people don't really care They've got their own things to care about So I think mm. it's also important that like as a preacher's kid That you don't exert this this pressure on you mm. um, For no You know like for no reason It was Sometimes it yeah. wasn't your fault Or yeah. like It's just the way it is You know And you just get over it If you've done something wrong You know Seek forgiveness And believe that yeah. you've been forgiven mm-hmm. And then just sort of move on mm. Yeah And you know What my father always says Is that The people that you help Most of the times Are the people That Will stab you in the back mm. And we, what did that teach you? <laughs> yo, from there, yo, from it just taught me to be, be like God, you know, just help a person because you want to help them, not okay. because you're expecting something. Sure, thank God. I'm so, I'm so glad a sermon <laughs> came out of that. <laughs> hey. Not because you expect something in return, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. just give because you want to give. Yeah. And that's it. And he always says that, um, there are no perfect people. Yes. We go to church because we are not perfect. If you're perfect, then you're ready to die and go to heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Pastor Raul says that, like I says, there's no, there's no perfect people in this church. Allowed, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If, um, if you find a perfect church and you join it, it's already not perfect. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. because we ourselves are not perfect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I guess that's an, that's an understanding that everybody should have. Yeah. Um, how did this, how did this affect your dating? I mean, like your dating life? Whoa! <laughs> it, it, wow, it's it was difficult. I mean, at at the age of thirteen, you're already like noticing that okay, that boy is cute. Well, you like him, you, you, you know, him crushes, you, 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 yeah. But it was it was it was hard because now you can't be a normal teenager and just walk on the streets with a guy holding hands and whatever because everybody's gonna be like. Yeah, that's in Piwe and she's, she's a preacher's kid and blah, blah, blah. And like I Dad, said, exactly. And like I said, my mom would find out about it and she'd have to sit me down and say, listen, you are representing us and the family. And, yeah. and, and, and you're like, can't I be like a normal teenager and have a crush on a guy and just date without <laughs> being judged for it? Mm-hmm. But it, it, it was difficult. And I mean, I'm glad that my parents gave us that choice to say, look, you 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 can date. Mm-hmm. These are the rules. You know what the Bible says, but at the end of the day, it's 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 your life and it's your responsibility to yeah. make the right choices for yourself. Yeah, yeah. See ya. Well, I you, you know, my story just has a lot of twists and turns, and one of them being that my my parents were always in ministries that were out of town. It just so happened in that way. So, so you could wow. <laughs> Lucky you. This is me my at home, chilling with my sister at the mission. At the mission. <laughs> the parents were there, so you could, you know, you could do whatever you wanted to do, type of thing. So it didn't affect you. Yeah. So you know, but like when your parents are visiting for like three days, everything is setting out of their eyes. Oh wow, <laughs> that's different. It's very different. And you, and you, and you, uh, David. No, uh, I think for me, um. What my parents were really big on was like house rules, yeah. And um, and so they were like, "Look, uh, you can't you, you can't date until you're a certain age, if if that makes sense." And so, uh, they, you know, I think certain things, um, my parents uh, kind of set in place that that was for our like house that that. So like, let's say you're not allowed to date when you're until you're 16, for example. Let's say that, you okay. know. And so they wouldn't go and tell the church that you know. 
No one in this church is allowed to date until they're 16. And so, but in terms of like being in a relationship, it was just like, I think my parents gave me the choice as well to, you know, be, be in a relationship, but just make sure that you are making the right decision for you. And we've taught you everything that we can, but after that, it's really up to you to, you know, to, to, to make the right choice. And so, yeah, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's different, you know. But wasn't it hard? I mean, like, look, and, and, and I think for all three of you, wasn't it hard to know whether someone truly is truly into you or just because of who you are? It, it sounds like I'm speaking to oh, famous trust people. Me, let me tell you, being a PK, for me, being a, a, a PK never had that thing, like, um, that advantage. I didn't feel like I have a certain advantage because I'm a PK and people are going to date me because I'm a PK and people are going to be interested and be like, okay, I want to date You're that have a girl. Whole because exactly. No, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was never like that. Yeah. And, um, mostly it felt, I felt like there were more disadvantages than advantages more than anything because our, our church is, um, at a place where, um, there are a lot of, um, disadvantaged people, you know. Um, so it, I felt like it took away from us more than we gained. Okay. You know what I mean? Financially, um, and in any in any other way. That's why I say it was. I, f- I felt like there were more disadvantages than okay. advantages because now you have to share your shoes with that kid from next door mm-hmm. because you know she comes from a poor family. And but it has taught me a lot. I mean, I I. I I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I'm grateful for it. It it has made me appreciate a lot of things. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Sia, you want to say something? Um, I'd actually like to say it, it works in an inverse way for me personally. Mm-hmm. It's not like a big advantage. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed even when I bring friends home, you know, we talk normally outside of the house, but they change their demeanor <laughs> and they feel like they need to... <laughs> You know, straighten up and set up Thou straight. Exactly, when my parents are around. So I don't get that. So it, also the same situation with days. Well, my goodness, you do, you, you just want to be in ship shop shape, you know, the best shape ever for, for the holy one, for which you is your parents. Me. Exactly. And I, yeah. I, I don't even feel that. So I find it weird when other people feel that when they come into our, you know, our home or our circle. But then do you find that, I mean, like, do you find that you, you, you sometimes end up with other preachers' kids because it's people who, who are like in the same, ah, uh, I don't know, same industry. <laughs> you know that you, you end up marrying yeah, I, ma- I ended up marrying How did, uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kid. Why? I mean, like, was that one of the reasons? Was that uh, one of the reasons why? Not really, hey. I think, uh, look, I think you're always gonna, you're always gonna lean or tend to go towards someone who who understands yes, you, like yes. mm-hmm. you know, like Luis or like for you, like you 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 married someone who compliments you perfectly in what you do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I, I wasn't walking around going, "Hmm, I want I'm gonna get married to a preacher's daughter," you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think in the environment that I was in, you know, where I was working, uh, where, where I was spending most of my time in, is where I found. My wife, like if, if, if you're going to spend most of your time at strip clubs or at parties or that's probably where you're going to end up finding <laughs> your, wife. your wife because that, that, that's all you're looking for. You're, you're, because now you, you're setting this image in your mind of, of you constantly seeing girls do so, you know, so do this and that and that. And so, yeah. And then you go to a normal club, you're like, oh, you're like, man, these, uh, girls no, are bo- exactly. these girls are stuck up, Ex- man. Exactly. <laughs> go to a strip club. exactly. And so, and so for me, you know, because I was spending most of my time at church and, yeah. and, and in that environment and that's the environment that I want to be in and that's an that's environment that complements my lifestyle mm-hmm. then it just it so happened that 
Gina is also a, a preacher's kid. She could not have been, but I still probably, if she was still at church, I probably still would have, you know. Okay. So I think it, mm-hmm. I think it just, sometimes it, it will end up like that because the environments that you're in will always push you to yeah. meet yeah. that kind of person. No, right. mm-hmm. But I mean, know. like, that's why people always be like, out of everybody in the, you know, like in America, why is it that, you know, these celebrities marry other celebrities? That's because yeah. those are the people in their circle. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the environment. And, um, and, but, but then again, you know, like to you, uh, and there's something totally like, or subject, right? <laughs> to you, those are like, um, those are like two celebrities and you think that to them, like, you know, like things are normal, but to the other one, the other one is like, you know, like it's someone that they admire as much as you admire, mm. admire them. And because they're all in the same circles, they develop like, obviously like, you know, sort of like the same crushes. Yeah. So I guess environment is just very important. Yeah. And maybe a lot of times that pastor's kids go astray is because of the environments that they run mm. to, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, that makes them, you know, uh, that makes them those, uh, those people. But, but I really feel like, you know, it's really important that just the relationship between the pastor and the, you know, and the kid. Yes. And, um, how was that? I mean, like, how was that, how has that affected your understanding of the gospel? Um, oh. you always have to. <laughs> Wait, as you start to see, let me start to see because it Yo. looks like. <laughs> you have like a lot to say. Answer that. that is truth of. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know. You know, my parents did their fair share as Christian parents, so yeah. I was at Sunday school. I was, you know, reading from the Bible. I was in those Christmas plays every year. Um, up until a point where I started making my own decisions. And so, yeah, I can't fault my parents on their parenting. They and what's do. your, I mean, like, what's your understanding now? Because I'll take that as, you know, this uh-huh. is where the road has. No, has no, no. Well, I, I definitely believe in a creator. I, I pray all the time. I believe there is a God, but my, I'm more spiritual than religious. For me, I do not feel like not going to church is a bad thing you know i will go to church every now and then but i don't define my spirituality by that you know um yes your body is a temple but i believe you know i have tattoos and i don't see anything wrong with that personally um so there are certain things from the bible which i feel like ah but when I promise you, uh, <laughs> in your perspective, not mine. Um, so I take the gist of what the Bible says, not for word for word. Okay. And yeah. you also how old? I'm 21. You're also 21 <laughs> years old. So, so it's okay. Oh, if you, you think I'm going to If you were my kid and you were 12, run about now, I would take out that belt. <laughs> but you're allowed, you know, like you've been through the path, you've made your decisions. Yes. yes. And, uh, and this is where you are. This it's, is where you are right now. It's very interesting when you look at the dynamics between my sisters you know there's one of my sisters who's absolutely you know christian and religious and definitely devoted goes to church every week another one of my sisters has been dating an indian guy for like six years now so she's on that hindu path another one of my sisters is kind of like me so it's this whole wide spectrum really yeah yeah and those are the colors of the song when you fin. That's where the problem started. <laughs> We're going to breathe. Don't worry. We're going to infiltrate everywhere. With the great, great grandfather. But you know, and the thing is, you know, we were saying earlier on that you shouldn't expect all the kids to be the same. Mm. Even mm. between me and my, and my, and my other three siblings, because I've got a sister as well. Totally different people mm. follow. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, some of us kind of follow the same path, but we're different in other ways, mm. you know? Mm. Um, which is, I mean, like, which is, which is quite hectic. Okay, well, before I ask, ask the next question and, and you, Simpio, how has that, is, I mean, like, affected your understanding of the gospel? Um, 
I had to make a choice. Yeah. And I had to decide that do I want to have a relationship with God? Um when my father is at church and he's on stage, I have uh, I had to understand that that's not daddy on stage right now. Awesome. That message is coming from God, not from daddy because you know what? Um daddy's daddy to me. Yeah. I, I see his mistakes at home. It's not like we sit around and um he's always preaching to us. We we see his mistakes and we see that he's human. But if I take those mistakes and and take them to church with me and say, "But daddy, you did this yesterday and now you're on stage and you're doing this and that and that and you and you're saying this." Then I miss the message from yeah. God. Then yeah. I miss everything. Um you always have to tell yourself that you go to church for the message Don't miss God Because of, of the, the surroundings Or of what? the person That yeah. is giving you The message So for me it, it was just Having a relationship with God A personal relationship with God Knowing God And knowing who he is In my life That is so awesome Yeah, yeah that, that, that is really Really so awesome Because I think Some of the times Um we we've heard some sort of a story about about the pastor, the pastor's wife, and then when we go there, exactly. we're like, mm, you exactly. saying that, exactly. you saying that with me, like with yeah. what you did two three years ago. I think I think that is so important, and and that serves us. Yes, and and what we don't serve the person saying it, but it serves you yeah. know it serves us. And yeah. that's what people don't understand. That's why you find people. You'll have a fight, no mam fundis, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're not coming church. to church anymore, and it's it's almost as though you were coming to church for her. You don't understand that No, you're doing it for yourself mm, For mm, your mm, relationship mm. with and God for your worship, he, She you is know? human She yeah. is going to make mistakes She's going to get off the stage And do things right after that You know And you have to understand that I need to get the message Yeah Not look at the person That is giving me the message right now Yeah and you, and you, uh, Pastor, Pastor David? <laughs> uh, you, you keep throwing that word out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think for me, uh, I think they've, they've hit the, uh, the mark right there. I think it's what my pens really try to instill in me is my own sense of, um, relationship with, with God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that ultimately that's what it boils down to is that, um, how I kind of like to look at it is, is if, if you're, if you're in a family who's so music orientated, right? Let's say dad is a producer, uh, mom is a singer, you know, they're always touring and they take kids along. It, it's almost like either one thing's going to happen, either the kid's going to love it or the kid's going to almost be like, yeah. this yeah. is not really my vibe. Yeah. But, but it's really at the end of the day, it's up to kid to decide, do I want to really follow this path or do I want to kind of go mm. this way you know and i think when when something is such an important lifestyle to a family it definitely tends to you know lead the kid down one of those paths and so for me i was really thankful that um the whole experience of being a pastor's kid brought me closer to god and uh and 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 i made that that choice and i made that decision to do you know what i, I want to live my life this way and mm. so i'm not going to blame my parents uh, for my decision or, yeah. or blame my parents for not making that decision. I think, uh, eventually you, past this kid or not, you're going to get to a point in your life where you're going to make that decision and decide, yeah. am I going to do this? And, and wherever you, you end up, you know, uh, God's not going to ask you, well, your parents told you, why didn't you do it? Yeah. You know, it's going to be between you and him. Um, and so that's, that, that's where I, I, I'm at. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start with you, David, because yes. we kind of touched on this. 
in the beginning of our interview. And um, so, when you have when you have children, yes, which uh, which is going to be soon, um, how uh, how how differently are you going to raise your children to the way that you were raised up? I think uh, for me. What I really realize is I try to hide a lot of stuff from my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not because of, of how they were parenting, but because of how I thought they should have been parenting, if that makes sense. I, it, it's, it's kind of like I always sat there going, well, you don't want to let me do this. So I'm going to do this behind your back. And so I think for me, what I'm really going to try and, and be different with my kids is to have that open that openness mm. about yeah. everything, you know, because uh, I realize that with uh, my wife and, and her and her parents is that, you know, they they're just open, you know. If they're gonna have a fight, they're gonna have a fight right there mm. and then and and you know and they're gonna talk about what they feel and how they feel. And with me, I I think I always tended to feel like I, I couldn't really have that mm-hmm. with my parents mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, I know at the end of the day you're just gonna want me to be this preacher's kid, so I'm just gonna. Tell you how I feel But if you shout at me Then I'll close up But I think For me I'm really going to try And have that openness About listen Let's discuss Why you want to do What you want to do And 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 let's see where the, Let's actually Have a one-on-one Conversation Rather than just going This is how it is And that's final I think for me That was Because of how I am I like to understand things And for my parents To just kind of go This is it And uh, that's final Always made me go Okay That's what the word says Matthew chapter 5 verse Yeah Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that made me go, okay, if that's what you believe in, you don't want to listen to what I want to say, then, then sweet. So I think for me, it's I really want to have that thing of like, even if you're drunk and about to go to jail, I want to be the first person you call rather than, yeah. than the last person that you want to find out. And you know what I mean? I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the story of the prodigal son. Mm. Uh, the prodigal son, by the way, are not those people who... Who, who were not sons and are coming into, you know, into the kingdom. Mm. The yeah. prodigal son is a picture of those who, who run away yeah. and then sort of come, come back. back. And yeah. the boy, you know, like when that boy came from a distance, that father was right there yeah. to accept them. And I think mm. it's, it's great that, you know, and, and, and we see a, we see a beautiful picture yeah. of, uh, of this father who's right there waiting for his son to come back. And yeah. once the son arrives, he doesn't even, Ask him where have you been? Why did yeah. you do that? Yeah. Well, now you're gonna have to start at the bottom again yeah. and work your way up. He literally puts that boy right where he was yeah. before he even, yeah. you know, like before he even left. And and, and and I mean, like, and that's a pretty hard thing. Yeah. And see, yeah, yeah. I see, totally how are you gonna that. raise? How are you gonna raise your your children differently? Have you thought about it? Sure, 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 sure. The idea of even having kids right now, and I feel like <laughs> I'm a child myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing the waters with my niece and nephew. That's, I think I'm fine being Uncle Sia for now. Oh, is um, it okay? But uh, you know, I I think you you know what you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so from everything that I've learned throughout my own childhood, the good and the bad, you know, you take from the good and you learn from the bad. Yeah. And I think that in itself is just how I'll tackle that when the day comes. Yeah. <laughs> if the day ever comes. But yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And you, Simpua? Um, I admire the way my parents raised us. Um, yeah. With, Giving us the choices and and telling us the good and the bad and and having to say to us, um, be responsible. Always make the right choice, but these are your options. And for me, that's what I uh, that's what I admire. Mm. Um, in terms of doing things differently, I'd say communication. 
Yeah. Maybe communicate better and be open because yes, they gave us um, choices, but it was kind of difficult to go back to them and say, I messed up, mm. you know, um, it's, it's, it's very difficult when you have such great parents and you, you mess up when, when you mess up, it is hard to go back and say, look, this is what I did, I, I did wrong because a, a, a person with bad parents would say, I did this because my mom is like this yeah. because my dad did this and that and that. So it's easy to, to, um, kind of, um, blame somebody else for yeah. it. But when you have such good parents, then mm. it's like, oh, no, it, it, it's all on me. It was, it was my fault, you know? Yeah. So there was kind of that pressure as well. So I think I would be more, Open to my kids to say, even when you do something wrong, don't be afraid to come back and say, mom, this is what I did and I will advise you from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm learning from just all of you guys? The fact that I think, um, there's a message here for the parents, um, for the, uh, for the preachers and there's a message here for the preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. And the message to the parents is that, um, is that love your children. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't ever be so bogged down in, in your ministry and, mm-hmm. and your, you know, it's in, it's inverted commas in your ministry that like you feel that your child is going to mess that up. Mm-hmm. Just love them. And I think from there, the right person will grow from there. And in terms of the kids, take responsibility. Don't grow up and start blaming your parents for the person that you are. Because once you stand in front of God, you won't be able to do that. You know? Um, it's all going to be about you and what you did. You can't say, yeah, but it was my parents' fault. Mm-hmm. They're going to be going, the chance that they probably be going into heaven and they're going to be, you're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. So it should have been your fault and your responsibility. So take responsibility and parents love your children. Before I, be, uh, before I leave and wrap up, I want to just uh, let you guys know of some preacher's kids, um, that, um, that, that you put, I mean, some preacher's kids that you thought, probably thought they're not, you know what I mean? That you never knew about. Uh, Kings of Leon, uh, they preacher's kids. Alice Cooper, can you believe it? Wow. That's the other side, uh, Rucker, Rucker Alice Cooper. Um, Marvin Gaye, of course, and you know the sad story about his dad shooting him because you were so disappointed about the way he was, he was leading his life. Uh, the Jonas Brothers, mm-hmm. also preachers kids as well. Yeah. Um, Katy Perry, yeah. everybody knows about that, yeah. you know. Uh, good girl gone bad. Um, Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons. Yeah. Wow. And then, um, Wycliffe, of course. Ryan Tedder from, uh, from, uh, from One Republic, um, and, and, uh, and Denzel Washington. So these are all, these are all preachers kids and there are so many, so many, many, many more. Uh, Tesla, the, the, the guy invented the electric car, also preachers kid. Uh, so yeah, so these people can be anywhere at any time. So let's love them and thank you guys for coming in. And, uh, on the open book, we'll see you again next week. The open book on cliffcentral.com.